Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to the Skating with the Stars edition of Generally Speaking. Skating with Celebrities. Oh, Skating with Celebrities. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This is the Lost edition of Generally Speaking, and I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I'm the next-door neighbor, Rachel Griffin. And this week we're going to be discussing the episode, The Long Con, uh, which is Season 2, Episode 13. And uh, before we get started, we'll go ahead and uh, see what Dane had to say in his special What's Up With That segment. Hey, Cliff, Rachel, and Stephanie. This is Dane checking in with you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Just got done watching the last episode, The Long Con. Yeah, we all got con. Anybody see that coming? And what's going on with Saeed? I mean, this guy is MacGyver in the making. And uh, Hurley gives him a shot to make something out of a toothpick and bubblegum, and Saeed says, no, come on. And what's going on with Kate? Kate's being a little jealous, I think, of Anna Lucia. Oh, man, this is getting ridiculous. Anybody find it kind of funny when Sawyer uh, said, let's go to an island together with the gal he was trying to con? Yeah, well, guess what? Careful what you wish for, Sawyer. And uh, we also saw a book called Owl Creek Bridge when uh, Locke was in the hatch there, alphabetizing. What's up with that? And what the heck is up with Anakin Charlie? I mean, this dude is going to the dark side. I think I liked him better when he was on heroin. Now we got two characters that we love and now we hate. I can't figure it out. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> Thanks, Dane, for uh, the what's up with that segment. And uh, I think it's the time of the show where we want to talk about what happened on the island this week. So uh, before we get started into uh, talking about the plot line uh, of what's happened this week. Uh, what was your initial reaction to the show? What do you guys think? I loved it. I thought I it was great. It. I was completely... I mean, maybe that's just me being not very receptive, but I was. I completely didn't see it coming. I didn't see Charlie. I didn't see him being the one to do that at all. I mean, it totally got me. But I loved it. It, it, it was a great episode. It really was. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I don't hate Charlie again. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that's the question on everybody's mind. Does Stephanie hate Charlie? <laughs> no, I don't. I completely see um, where he was coming from. And uh, he just needed, he needed to feel needed, whether that was for good reasons or bad reasons. So mm-hmm. Sawyer used him, but Charlie needed to be used. Does that make sense? I wonder who approached who. Oh, I'm sure it was Sawyer. You think? The mastermind planning the con? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, my initial reaction to the episode was that at first, as soon as it was over, I'm kind of like, ah, it really wasn't that great. Of course, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, man, there's... I was expecting all of a sudden, you know, after this huge, big, huge relationship-focused episode of Charlie and Claire and everybody having this whole getting along together deal and, and no island-centric stuff. And then, you know, I'm thinking, oh, wow, somebody's going to, one of the others is going to swipe, try to swipe uh, Sun, and and I was all set for 
for this others centric or island centric stuff and I got nothing oh, in the radio. I'm thinking they say, "Oh, dude, did you hear that?" And I'm thinking in the promo, we're gonna get some island centric stuff. Yeah. And I felt like, man, I was. It was a total letdown. So, and however, it was only a total letdown because of the way they did the promos for last week. If they, because once I had some time to go through and and uh, revisit some of the things that are going on in the island. Obviously, there was some Easter eggs in there. And <coughs> excuse me, some things that we're going to discuss. Um, it was so much better than last week, though. It, oh, it was. It was so much better than last week. Um, obviously, there are some things that we did find in the episode that we're going to talk about. Uh, but before we do, uh, I want to introduce a new segment to our show that I hope to be able to do and pull off every single week. Is that all of them? All six of them. Plus, uh, one box of ammo. Check. I'm grateful that you decided to keep Mom in the same place. Oh, I had to take them from Charlie, his heroin stash. I figured it might have therapeutic value if it ever came to that. I'm superstitious. The combination. Right 7, left 33, right 18. Ain't that just like a woman? She keeps the house. You get the cheap-ass apart. She even made Locke take a swing at you. Hell, that's like getting Gandhi to beat the kids. Shouldn't you be more worried about Jack ransacking your tent right now? You stole these from the hatch. You stole them from me. Back in a flash, gorgeous. You weren't exactly supposed to see that. Are you trying to con me? Look, you got me. I want you to show me what you do. Show me how to con people, Sawyer. Right, Jack took your painkillers. Yeah, well, I guess me and the doctor on the outs. What, you didn't hear about their little army? Guess I'm not the only one on the outs with the doc. So I'm over at Rose and Bernard's tent. Do you know he's a dentist? That is a shortwave radio. Yeah, but can't you switch a blue wire with a red wire and make it stronger? It's worth nothing. It's a waste of time. Hey. You get the combo? We'll wait for Sun to wake up. She'll tell us what happened. It's all in the details. If it wasn't them, then who wasn't? Like I said, how well do you know Ana Lucia? You think I had something to do with Sun getting grabbed? Gun. Like the good folks of Island Town about to form a posse. This is all her play to get her hands on the guns. Block. You need to go and tell them that they're coming. I want to do a big one. It's called a long con. What are you doing? I'm alphabetizing. Seems Jack's on his way over here to open your little gun closet and take whatever he needs. Why are you telling me this? Will you help me? You move the guns, and I'll stay here and push your damn button for you. Looks like we got ourselves a theft. Who's gonna call the cops? Where are they? John, where are they? The new sheriff in town, boys. You see that black car? Who is it? His name's Gordy. My partner. What partner? If I don't walk out the front door with that briefcase, in the next two minutes, we're both dead. I love you. I love you, too. You played us. You run, I con. You fixed it. We'll see. Stop. Do you hear that? Radio waves at this frequency bounce off the ionosphere. They can travel thousands of miles. It could be coming from anywhere. Never saw you, huh? It's more worried about your sodding guns than being followed. Figured you want your friends back. If I wanted them, I would have taken them before I told you where they were. That's not why I did it. I wanted him to look like a fool. 
feel like a fool. It's like Johnny Locke's got himself a nemesis. Son, you can never find out why I did that. They got bigger things to worry about now. This idea, all of this, what we did, what made you have someone think of something like that? I'm not a good person, Charlie. Never did a good thing in my life. Thank you. So there you have it. That's the entire episode in three and a half minutes. Um, I'll tell you what. I want to start us off with uh, probably what I think was the biggest thing. Now, obviously, being the island-centric fan that I am, I am really drawn to the fact that yet there was another book. (laughs) And, uh, in fact, did you guys see the book when he was alphabetizing? Oh, yeah. They definitely panned on that for a while so we could get a (laughs) glimpse of it. I I, I don't read. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I can read. <laughs> I just choose not to read books for pleasure, so I didn't really know about it. But. Well, I didn't know anything about it either, and that's the beauty of the fuselage. So, um, yeah. one I of, love the fuselage. Yes, we do, and we love the people that post there. Um, in fact, uh, I did uh, take a look at the fuselage and watched a couple of the threads that are out there, and one of the ones that really got me is this whole Owl Creek Bridge reference. And that was the name of the book that was uh, being held upside down by Locke as he was alphabetizing. Let's see, Rachel, would you read uh, the little clip here um, that talks about what this book is? Sure. It says, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, a great short story by Ambrose Bierce. Briefly, the story centers on Peyton Farquhar, a southern planter who is about to be hanged by the Union Army for attempting to destroy the railroad bridge at Owl Creek. As Peyton stands on the bridge with a noose around his neck, it appears to the reader that the rope breaks and that Peyton falls into the water below, only to escape to his farm where he is reunited with his wife. It is revealed at the end of the story, however, that Peyton has, in fact, been hanged and that these imaginings took place in the seconds before his death. All right. So if you were going to go and read the whole book, now you don't know, don't need to, because... Yeah, how it ends. <laughs> well, actually, it's a short story, and, and one of the things I'll tell you is story. that um, there is actually a, a website that has the entire story, I believe, and I'll put a link to that on our show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple things that I found on the fuselage, and these are great. It says, this short story, Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, and the book, The Third Policeman, are both stories of altered or imagined reality. <clears throat> Stephanie, will you read the next one? This book, The Third Policeman, Turn of the Screw, all of these books involve people thinking they're alive, but they are actually dead. Okay. And then uh, there is actually something that a gentleman, I guess it's a guy named Charlie, wrote on the fuselage. And this uh, goes against the whole, but are actually dead idea, but it is very good. And and I'm going to call this the Owl Creek Theory. And I really like this says, this is extremely fascinating. How do we suppose that this story relates to what's going on on the island? Well, I suppose it's entirely possible that all of this is taking place in the minutes before they die. Really, it's not that hard to believe if you think about how dreams work. It's been proven that dreams, which seem to take forever to run their course in your brain, actually just take a few minutes. And since we really don't know that much about death itself... It's entirely believable to theorize that something like a dream could take place on the doorstep of one's death. And And that what you dreamed might very well have you dealing with your choices you've made in your life, your fears, your regrets. I must also point out that the writers would easily be able to say that these people are not dead. 
because they aren't. Well, yet. Almost, in fact, telling us that they aren't dead, and then it turning out to be all of this, what he's mentioned before. He said this would completely fit with the way that the writers answer all of our questions and give us clues. At least that's my opinion. This could also be classified as pseudoscience, which is how the writers of the story have told us this may all be explained. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think it's possible. It's interesting. I like that theory. Um, I don't know how they're going to keep seasons upon seasons upon seasons running with it, if that is the theory. Well, the, the idea is that, I guess, that technically speaking, they would never really tell us that that's what's going on you know it could the could the entire events of everything on the island be a dream that these in, that an individual or these individuals are having pri- just prior to their death just like that i mean it does fit because they they've told us that everything in the show can be explained with some re- <coughs> believable scientific proof or at least possible scientific proof mm-hmm so, yeah, it does fit. I don't know. I like it. In fact, I'm going to put a poll out on our website called the Owl Creek Theory True or False Poll. Do you believe the Owl Creek Theory uh, that we are witnessing a dream or dreams that occur just before the death of everyone, just before they die, and the plane crashes? Here are the options. Yes, I am certain this is what's happening. No, I am certain this is not what's happening. It is. It sure makes a lot of sense, but I'm not certain. Or, wow, I just don't know what to think. We did get a couple answers to our questions this week. Okay. Uh, the first question is, is Charlie using again? I don't think that he is. And another reason why I don't, which even reinforced it, was this episode where he said, you know, if I wanted to have the statues, I and he said this to Sawyer, which I thought was interesting. He knew where they were. Yeah. He, had, he knew where they were. He was like, I would have gotten them already before I even told you where they were. Yeah. So I, I I think he's been following Locke for a long time. Yeah. Well, waiting to bash he's his head. Been, yeah, he's he's. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I want to punch him in the face Mr. too. Clean. I don't want to punch him. I want to throw something. I would. If I was Charlie and he hit me, I want to punch him back. You know. So if if Echo wakes up one day and his Jesus stick is missing, <laughs> we know that Charlie happen. has it. Yeah. But um, I, I'm with you. I, I'm glad he's not. I'm kind of like rooting for Charlie now. This yeah. is a total turnaround That's for me. It's weird for me to hear you say that. I like it. Yeah. You're, you're a totally different person to me now. <laughs> she, she likes you now. Yeah. That's good. So why did Can Locke keep on? the statues? He's superstitious, but we already knew that. Well, no, because... Didn't that's he? why he didn't break them. He actually... Yeah, that's he, why he, he specifically yeah, answered... He did. Yeah, he, he did, did specifically answer. What did he say? Something about... I, um, I don't remember what the exact words were. Something about... I don't know. We're going to keep them from... I felt it might come in handy for medicinal purposes. No, there was something else. (coughs) Wasn't there? We're going to need to watch that again. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of using um, pot. Yeah, what's the heroin about? I mean... As medicine, but heroin... It's definitely a... I mean, it would alleviate pain. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for example... like Boone should have had some heroin. When Boone was getting his leg chopped off. He yeah. didn't get his leg chopped what, off. When he was going to get his leg chopped off. He wasn't going to do get you love it me? chopped off. I do love you. Okay, why are you arguing with me? <laughs> it's all in the details. That's right. <laughs> I like that. That is me. And I even told him, I said, you've got to pick that, that clip out for me because 
I'm all about the details. And you're all about yelling at me all the time. Ain't that just like a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I think you're just. I think being just ultra just, sensitive tonight. They're I am ultra sensitive today. Yeah. <laughs> getting me mad is kind of like. Hell, that's like getting Gandhi to beat his kids. <laughs> Okay, they're going to, like, leave really <laughs> negative feedback about Cliff's new toys, aren't they? Um, so, so Rachel, did, did you catch Hurley's time travel joke? No. You didn't catch that in the show? I don't think so. What? Don't yell at me. It could be coming from anywhere. Oh, yeah, Great yeah, yeah. Time. Just kidding, dude. Just kidding, dude. Just kidding, I didn't catch dude. that, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, obviously another poke at us, uh, Fury... Uh, lost theoriologists. Some people in the fuselage are so, like, upset about that. They're really bashing. Like, the whole thing about the dishwashers being... They're like, come on, you know, don't... Quit listening to what the viewer... I think it's cool. Yeah. I think I, it's mm-hmm. neat that they're listening to what we're saying, you know? I do, too. Yeah, um, time travel, obviously, uh, they, they've gone on record before uh, in interviews to say yeah. it's not time travel. And right. then they throw this in, just to nail it home. Hey, just kidding, it's dude. not... It is not time travel. He was just kidding, dude. I caught Kate's mom at the diner. Oh, I know. I shouldn't have said that yet. No, go ahead. Bring it up now. Kate's mom at the diner. I was like, oh, I totally caught that. I'm not one to catch things right when they're, you know, on the episode, but I totally caught that. It was right in your face. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is so Kate's mom. Uh I'm like, see how they bring everything together. That's another reason why that whole, the Owl Creek Bridge theory kind of is wishy-washy for me because, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think it's cool that she was in the diner, and if she was right. in the diner, the, you know, it, I know that was in his memory, but, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing is, is that, I mean, it was definitely Kate's mom, there's no oh, question yeah, about right. that, because the mm-hmm. casting sheet did say that Beth Broderick was going, who plays Kate's mom, was going to be back, uh, Miss Diane. Um, so does this mean, do you think uh, Sawyer and Kate lived in the same town, or was, no, were they means, just doing a con there, or what? Yeah, th- this is just where the... Where the chick lived. What was her name? Cassidy. Cassidy. This is just where Cassidy lived. If Sawyer is anything of the con man that they led us to believe that he is, he doesn't stay in one place. Right. So this mm-hmm. is just where yeah. Cassidy was from, or just a meeting spot with Gordy. This, yeah, there's no connection between Sawyer and Kate. Well, since we're talking about Cassidy, there's, there's a lot of question out there, and you brought it up. You actually asked me immediately after that episode. The question is, do you believe that Sawyer really loved Cassidy? Yeah, I think he did. I, I think too. I think a part of him let himself mm-hmm. fall for her. Um, and a part of him really didn't want to at all. And I think that's where his struggle with himself came from. But, And I think that's why he made the comment to Kate, I'll always be a con. You'll, you'll always run, I'll always be a con. Isn't that what he said? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I totally think that he did. I felt so, no, a part of me felt really bad for him. I'm like, you dummy, what are you doing? You know, you totally know that he's a con artist. Mm-hmm. You totally know mm-hmm. it. And she's like the kind of woman that thinks that she can change a man. Blind love. Yep. And she, I've, I felt bad for her in a way, in a way I didn't. But when he was like, I love you, it seemed so sincere. Yeah. Um, I was, I was actually a little relieved that he was just conning her in that moment because when he sent her out the the back door and told her to run through the yard, and 
I actually thought that his that Gordy was going to shoot her. Yeah. Yeah, I in, knew in the, the car backyard. was going to be empty. You did? Uh, I, I totally but, didn't know. But I didn't yeah. know I didn't know that it was because Sawyer parked the car there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that yeah. I, I didn't I I thought I thought I thought Gordy was going to shoot Cassidy in the yard. Yeah. Put one in the ear. What's up with that? What's up with that? That was cool. I so was I, totally I blown away by that too. I'm like, oh, I was really. And he yeah. switched that bag right in front of her. Mm-hmm. Blind love. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, there's somebody on the for, uh, on the fuselage actually uh, suggests that uh, the picture of Desmond in the hatch with the with the, his lady friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said, you know, hey, that looks just like Cassidy. Uh, and then of course they've got a screen capture, which I showed you guys before the show. We'll put that in the show notes, and it's just obvious. Yeah. Uh, Cliff, Stephanie, and Rachel... Actually, Rachel. We give credit to Rachel for that. That is definitely the op- adoption lady, and there's mm-hmm. no question. We'll put links back to that picture mm-hmm. so people can see truly who that lady in the uh, picture, in the photo with Desmond is. Even the face shape is, is way different. Yeah, it, it's definitely... I mean, she's smiling and leaning in on Sawyer. I mean, that's the only yeah. <laughs> resemblance... <laughs> the, the, I mean, they both leaning, hugging close to each other. Whatever. <laughs> I want to know if you guys think that Charlie really hits on her, if she was injured by, like, a tree when she fell. I, I think when she fell. Yeah, I don't think he would have hit her. No. I, I think, think that was a yeah. little much. I think he definitely hit her. To knock her out? Yes. Okay. There's no question. I, I mean, After I think- he had the bag over her head, he wouldn't have any reason to hit her to knock her out. And did she, who took the, did he take the bag off of her once he realized she was knocked out? Because I'm not thinking he would be taken off her unless he did hit her to know that she was knocked out. Maybe. You know, because she didn't have that bag on her when they found her. Right. That's right. So I think, and he took it off and put it on the tree. Or maybe Sawyer came, I don't know. Because Sawyer's the one that found it. Yeah. (laughs) Because he knew where it was. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if. the, The thing is, is that at the end he says, son, she cannot know what I did to her. It's a good thing. Well, that Brent- could be. That could be anything. That doesn't mean. Yeah, the bag overhead. Yeah, the tying up. That could be. Okay. Uh, you guys- the the tying your hands. But I'm kind of leaning more toward with you now. Now that I'm putting all this. Well, you together. can't do that because I was about ready to come over to your no, side. No, don't. I'll I'll back you a little bit on this one. I think that I think that's I think it's more probably likely that he did because she didn't have the bag on her head when they found her. Because well, he, if, if I'm going to kidnap somebody and put a well, bag no, over her head... No, because I'm going to no, support... Because, because here's the thing. If he puts the bag over her head, starts dragging her away, she hits her head on the tree, she's not moving, ties her hands up, takes the bag off, and runs. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that he... Is that McKenna? I don't know. I thought I heard her. I'm going to go check. Yeah. I'll be right back. All right, it looks like we have a special guest host with us this evening. Uh, please welcome to our panel discussion, uh, McKenna Ravenscraft. Hello, McKenna baby. Hello, Hi. baby Jane. This is McKenna Jane. She was crying pretty hard up there. Was she crying? We did not hear you. But we did hear you. Well, not for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Not when she wanted us to. Uh Uh-oh. So anyway, moving right along. Hurley's manuscript. Do you want to do that one? Yeah. Why don't you bring it up? Okay. So, uh, Hurley had a manuscript. The band twin. Yeah, and you know what I thought that was? What? I thought that I thought we were going to see him checking out the the flight manifest again. I did too. I did too. I'm like, oh, and then I'm then I realized that it wasn't. But I'm, he so needs to look at that and find out. Libby. And where was Libby? Where was the Libby chick? 
I mean, I mean, they were like buddy buddy last two weeks ago. They were doing laundry together. They were doing laundry together. <laughs> topless, one of them. And so uh, anyone knows that a couple that does laundry together does not stay together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, um, yeah. So so he was holding this manuscript, and uh, have you guys heard about that? Did you guys? Uh, See anything about it? I didn't get a chance to check out the thing on Amazon. Yeah, actually, if you go to Amazon.com and do a search for the bad twin, you can. You guys are going to hear a little. (laughs) Can you drink quieter? You guys are going to hear a little girl drinking her bottle. (laughs) You're fine, sweetheart. Okay, I'm going to read this. Go ahead. The Amazon link says Bad Twin is the highly anticipated new novel by acclaimed mystery writer Gary Troop. 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 Maybe Troop. You know what? Just let me go, okay? <laughs> Bad Twin was delivered to Hi- Hyperion just days before Troop boarded... Why did there have to be so many weird words? <laughs> boarded Oceanic Flight 815, which was lost in flight from Sydney, Australia to Los Angeles in September 2004. September 2004. He remains missing and is presumed dead. Variety says um, that the writers of ABC's Lost will soon be penning a subplot about a character named Gary Troop or Troup, uh, who didn't survive the crash, but left behind a manuscript he was working on. Um, so he didn't survive the crash. I guess that throws out my theory that he's the guy that was sucked in the airplane engine. Oh. <laughs> Remember that? The, yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. Anyway, um, uh, here's the thing. Troop is definitely a fictional character. Uh, however, and, and so is his novel. But here's what um, they did is, is basically they took this idea of taking a product placement and rather taking a real product so that you can market it in your show and put it in your show. They're actually taking a prop from the show and turning it into something you can market. Mm-hmm. And so I'll put a link to the Amazon.com uh, post or to the Amazon.com site so you can look at it and it'll actually be available for sale, I think, in May. Uh, that they'll have that out there. But I, I think they're actually, they may even develop that even a little further. Um, here, here's something else that I read on the site. Now check this out. Listen to this. It says, the lost novel titled Bad Twin is about a wealthy heir's search for his nefarious brother. It will it will be released this spring in conjunction with the series related uh, within within the series related episodes, and that's from ComingSoon.net. Now, here's the thing: could this could this novel actually be about Zeke, who happens to be a uh, um, an, a wealthy heir to Alvar Hanso? He's wealthy. He should cut his beard. And. <laughs> He should dress it up a little and, bit. And the nefarious brother, could that be none other than Zeke's twin brother, separated oh, at birth? Here we go. My father-in-law. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> that was kind of silly. And those who are listening to the first time have absolutely no idea what I'm referencing, but I apologize to our first-time listeners. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, we'll put, we'll put some links out there that you can see uh, regarding the bad twin Manuscript. Speaking of Zeke. Yeah. Um, if Sawyer's so good at conning people, do you think that he'll play a part in conning Zeke and the others? By himself? Maybe. Or maybe he'll get everybody in on it. Well, see, I think I think with the help of others he could. Yeah. Well, he had to have Charlie. But, you 
this time, and he he. But I I think that if um, if Jack and Locke would um stop being such macho men and they're the only two who on the island can be right at anything. Yeah. Um, I still like I I like um Jack. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Okay, I don't like Locke. I never have. Um. See, I still just, like Locke, and I don't like Jack, and I never there, have. There's just something weird about him to me. Um, but yeah, I think if they all work together, they could calm yeah. Zeke. I think so, too. I, I, as a matter of fact, I think it's going to require all of them. Po- it might po- even be Sawyer be the one who leads them across the line, John. In the, Ooh, the line. The line. Don't cross it, Sawyer. Well, um, He's got all the guns. <laughs> that is a good question. Does Sawyer have all the guns? Because, listen, here, here's the deal. You know, Sawyer is actually kind of foolish on a couple levels. Um, it, and this is something that I read on the fuselage. Here's, here's what they wrote. They said, first, as numerous others have pointed out, the guy has to sleep sometime, right? Mm-hmm. So who's watching the guns if he's not there? Um, and then, what's to stop the others from grabbing all the guns now? Especially if they're not in the hatch. And some people get upset that we call it the hatch still, because the hatch is the door to the bunker. But it's going to be the hatch. It's pop culture. We're, they'll actually probably change the dictionary. Why to... do they get upset about being called the hatch? That's what it is. No. The, it's a bunker. It's a bunker. But it's the, the hatch, hatch. The hatch was the door into the bunker. Oh, goodness. And, and we call it... We'll, we'll, we'll just continue to call it the hatchler pad. I like it. I like calling it the hatch. I do too. So there. So we're still going to call it that. So um, anyway, inside the hatch, uh, if the guns are there, then then obviously it'll be easy for everybody to find them. However, it's obvious that they're not there. So the question is, what if what if the others pick them up? Um, third, here's the thing: if Locke knows where he originally hid the guns, and being the, that he can track anything, uh, it's going to be obvious that he could find the hiding place, right? Um, however, if you set all of that aside and assuming nothing will come of any of those things. Sawyer made a huge mistake. He thinks he controls all the guns, but he doesn't. There's a certain French chick with dynamite and rifles who might have something to say about that. Does this mean that Danielle might possibly come to the rescue? Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Why can't we believe that Sawyer and Danielle are going to team up? We could believe that. She's too crazy. Hurley's the only one that can get to her. <laughs> so maybe Sawyer needs to get to Hurley first. Maybe. All right. Well, that's pretty much... Th- did we cover everything that happened really in the episode? Okay, this is the portion of our show where uh, we step out of the plot line of this week's episode, but talk about some other things related to Lost. And um, there are a lot of things out there, guys. I don't know if you caught uh, most of this stuff, uh, but uh, the first thing that uh, I want to bring up is a comment that somebody made on our site. And this is in the listener feedback. And uh, Rachel, since you're the only person that can really pronounce some of these things... Why don't you go ahead and... Uh... I can't pronounce normal words. <laughs> okay. You mean read Mo- Moody's comment? Yes. Okay. Regarding fire plus water title, I was reading about the Bagua after I finally noticed the fire plus water episode was actually titled fire plus water and not fire and water, which I had been calling it for two weeks before it actually aired. I found out a cool website that gives good info about each element side of the Bagua. I think it's Bagua. Bagua. 
Okay, it's HTTP. Well, it, um, it's FengshuiPalace.com. Yeah, so. and we'll put a link to the actual page that that he references. The fame or reputation, G-U-A, he's got this in quotes, is fire. When you want to have a good reputation or improve on the one you already have. And when you want to be more respected by people or one specific person. So they're thinking that that's about the Charlie. Right? Yeah. Okay. In fact, um, just so, to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but just so the people who have not yet seen this, um, and like I said, I'll put a link to it. There's this thing in the uh, Bakwa and it's like an octagon thing that's set up with lots with multiple colors, and the red, which stands for fire, is is like he said. It's a, it's all about having a good reputation or improving the one that you have, which he obviously had. And then there's a blue, which obviously is the color that's associated with water. Really? Is it not blue, honey? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, the blue associated with water. Why don't you go ahead and read what that one said? Okay. The career and life path, which is the GUA, is water. When you want to find out what you are what you are supposed to be doing in life. It also says the best color choice for this is black, which seems to be the colors Charlie has started to wear a lot lately. That's true. That is. He scares me with all of his hoodie, like his little black hoodie. is <laughs> like intimidating <laughs> me. It's interesting. It's interesting that these two areas of Charlie's life tie in so close to the meaning of these two areas of the Bagua. I wonder about all the other characters. And I just, I think that's so cool how this relates so much to one another. And if you guys look at this thing, it is an octagon-shaped thing, which is the same as what the Dharma symbol is, is an octagon. Mm -hmm. And... And directly in the center directly is... Directly in the center is of, of the Bagua thing, which is the... Fe, I think it's based off of Feng Shui, right? Mm-hmm. Is... A yin and yang, the black and white. And yep. it, which, to me, I mean, right in the middle of the Dharma symbol is the swan. So, I mean, it's it's interesting how close they are related, and I think it's a very good theory. And they, they may have based a lot of the stuff off of this, the writers. I think I think so, and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for Moody, who who uh, commented on our blog and gave us the link to this. Well, I think that you can, I mean, you can relate. Feng, feng, I don't know if it's feng shui or feng shui, I'm not really sure, but you can relate that to, to your aspects of your life that's what it's for and you could relate it to everyone on the island the colors and everything it could fit anywhere but I think what this person is saying is how interesting it was that the t- title of the show of the episode was called Fire and Water and those so fire, closely well, that it's ooh, fire, fire plus water see, see that's the thing he's saying it's interesting because it's not fire and water but it's red plus the blue put together kind right. of this feng shui bagua thing. And it was all all about Charlie. <laughs> you sound like you know <laughs> I have no clue what I'm talking about and people who do know about this stuff know that. Then we're going to get, okay guys, this is how it's laid out. <coughs> this is how you you're say not, feng shui. Yeah, you're not saying it right. <laughs> Rachel, just stop. Don't even try. Exactly. But yeah, I think that, I mean, you can you can use it with MS anyone and anybody on the island. So maybe we'll see some more of these, you know, whatever the gray plus the pink is, or, you know, whatever, you know, in later episodes, maybe. Yeah. In other um, lost community news, uh, one of the things that I found interesting, uh, and a lot of people are talking about it online, is the fact that the Hanso Foundation website, which has been a great source of of little Easter eggs and hints and clues to what's going on in the island. And it used to be like almost after every episode, uh, before the six-week hiatus, after every episode there'd be something new. And and currently there's there's like nothing there. In fact, as of about a week and a half ago, the site's completely unavailable. I mean, if you go to it, 
it doesn't give you it, it it just does not pull up servers unavailable or yeah. you know not mm-hmm. responding i hated it i was like what is going on so there's a question there are some people that have hinted around are they having technical difficulty no not that no. long abc has enough money to fix that problem real quick so my only theory is that there is there is something definitely getting ready to be released on that site mm-hmm. and we can only uh hold our breath to i can't wait i know i can't wait to see what it is uh, and then, of course, um, there's a possible new Dharma official site. At least somebody emailed that to me, and, and it's dharmaindustries.com, I believe. And I will tell you, um, it looks fantastic. If you go to dharmaindustries.com, it pulls up this awesome-looking um, Dharma logo, and it does it in a real nice flash animation. However, uh, I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but this obviously, in my mind, is not an official site. If matter of fact, it says if you want a membership card, you have to click here, and uh, it you have to pay thirty dollars via PayPal to get the membership card, and there and then of course there's the disclaimer, which I'm thinking, oh well maybe this is it because every uh, ABC official website like the Hanzo Foundation has some kind of disclaimer or or something of that nature, and when you click on the disclaimer, it's obviously not a, a Disney or ABC disclaimer, so no. It, there's nothing about ABC, there's no copyright, there's no anything, and so obviously, uh, I hate to burst anybody's bubble, not a, not an official site. Interesting though, and if anybody gets uh, pays the $30 and they happen to get a, a password to log into the site, email me and let me know, and uh, I'd like to see what's in there. Um, and then of course, uh, on, since we're talking about websites, uh, almost unrelated to Lost, Blogger has had some major issues recently. Hmm. Uh, the popular blogging software. Now, the only reason that I bring it up in in this area of our conversation is because a lot of the other podcasts, in fact, the Lost Podcasting Network, which we're a part of, uses a blogger site and blogger feed to uh, for our uh, multiple Lost podcasts uh, to be sent out to everyone. And so it, it's been real sporadic, and it's been down sometimes for a couple hours at a time, and, and uh, hopefully they'll just get that up. Now, that is definitely technical difficulties. I used to use Blogger a long time ago, had the same issue back then, only it happened all the time, and uh, so I went to my own site and uh, server. So um, let's see here. Uh, another website, uh, Gracie's Mom sent us a website to... Uh, Desmond? Oh, I have to bend a pick with her. Uh oh. Kim, you know, you put on the blog that you want people to email you, and I email you and sent you a nice little email. And have I heard back from you? Mm, I don't Ooh. think so. And and you even do that, Gracie's mom. I know. Never again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I still will. <laughs> Kim, Kim Kim emails me probably about ten or fifteen times a day. Oh, are you rubbing it in? Yeah. When I'm not good enough to get an email? I have no idea. Hmm. Great. I'll, I'll email her and I'll ask her for you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Golly. <laughs> she sent us this link. To, well, she's so busy doing research for our, our podcast. <laughs> she asked for emails because she didn't have anything to do during the day. Yeah. So, she's got a toddler. She didn't have anything to do during she, the day. Wait, at work. At work. Oh, at yeah. work. Remember? <laughs> Remember nobody works? Oh. I work. Yeah, you work. I don't even leave my house. <clears throat> okay, so um, she did send us a link to this site called LostDesmond.com. Lost and uh, again, it's not an official site. It's a, a totally a fan site. 
But I, I, re- I suggest that you guys check it out. It's very awesome. I'll, again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and then, of course, we have probably one of the most uh, interesting things happened this week during the Super Bowl. The yeah. commercial? The, yeah. the trailer? Yeah. Oh, that was adorable. <laughs> I like that. It was great. I didn't watch a Super Bowl, but I did Our see... Our kids liked it. <laughs> I did see... Because, of course, Brian was not having any part of it because the Bengals didn't win. Um, McKenna, do you need to get a word in here? <laughs> what did you think yeah. about the uh, Super Bowl commercial for Lost? She liked it. She says it's all good. <laughs> but I, I just got a chance to... I, and then I saw it on my computer, but my computer, the speakers aren't working right for some reason right now. I'm just having all kinds of technical difficulties. Shut up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're not like Cliff Savvy with the all the controls and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it, but I didn't hear the actual... Uh, so, what audio of it until today. But I liked it. I thought it was cool. Well, if anybody did not catch the Super Bowl uh, commercial for Lost, it was it was awesome. It was great. And I do actually have that video itself uh, built into the show notes for this week's episode, for generally speaking. And So you can go to our website and check that out. Uh, and I'm going to play just a clip about, uh, for, those of who, for those who may not have heard the commercial yet, this is what they did. long since your last fix. I love that. <laughs> they did an excellent job. Let's move on into uh, Eric's crazy theory of the week. Okay. I think that the official Lost podcast really gave us some insight this week. Here's why. Adam Smith is actually responsible for the kidnapping of Walt. And um, in fact, he has been in a time warp on the other side of the island. And, um, and for those of you who say we never answer questions, take that. Oh, I will take that and run with it. So, obviously, we know now that Adam Smith kidnapped Walt. I'm not sure why he sent Zeke to do it, or how the time warp works, but I'm sure we'll find out. Adam Smith, in case you didn't know, was probably most known for his book, The Wealth of Nations, which was a very influential economic treatise on free trade. Also, at around the age of four, he was kidnapped by a band of gypsies, but he was quickly rescued by his uncle and returned to his mother. Sound familiar? My idea is that Adam Smith is somehow working with the DeGroots on their communal research center. The Dharma Initiative and is the brainchild of Gerald and Karen DeGroot, following in the footsteps of visionaries such as B.F. Skinner. Imagine a large-scale communal research compound. Did you kill him? Nathan was not a good person. That's why he wasn't on the list. Sounds like a plan. 
Yes, it does sound like a plan, John. And don't get me started on your namesake's influence on Adam Smith with your social contracts. But I think we should agree, Jack, that if either of us need to open this door, we consult each other first. Absolutely. Locke's got himself needs, just like anyone else. Okay, I wasn't going to go there, but... So, we know that they were taking the good people, as far as what Goodwin said. The good people? Who are the good people? Well, anybody who watches Sesame Street knows that the good people are the people in my neighborhood. Yes, the people in my neighborhood. They're the people on the street... They're the people that I meet when I'm walking in the street each day. So who are the people in our neighborhood? Well, our island has a bunch of people. We've got electricians, that's uh, Saeed, musicians, artists, gardeners, doctors, law enforcement, clergy, Bernard. Do you know he's a dentist? Even an author, Gary Troop. Although, he may be one of the ones that's dead or uh, we don't see him. Psychologists, if Libby is what she says she is. And a plumber, Scott. You mean Steve. Scott's dead. Scott, Steve, whatever. And though we had an ex-police officer, obviously we now have... The new sheriff in town, boys. Y'all best get used to it. And the reason Sawyer is the sheriff? He knows one thing. The value of the market. Shaving cream don't matter. Batteries don't matter. Only thing that matters now, a gun. It's the economy, stupid. Till next week, when the numbers count down and the island stock market crashes, leaving us in a depression so bad we... Put the lime and the coconut, drink them both up. This is Eric. Get lost. I mean, stay lost. Crap. I mean, let me do that again. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Eric, Eric, for our crazy theory of the week. Did you like this? And, uh... Erica has agreed to do that every week to come up with something crazy, but uh, now Gosh, it is. He uh, must take a lot of time because I. Uh, he thinks of some funny things. Yeah, I, I, he definitely he did a good get, job. He did a good job this week, but uh, we do have some listener feedback to get into, you guys. So let's do that now. Javale, is here. Alrighty, you want to re- start us off there, Rachel, with what Chris E. wrote. Hey all, just finished listening to your latest podcast, which I thought was great. I have a couple of theories about loss that I'd like to share. I believe that Locke can walk on the island because of the strong magnetic force on the island. And the reason he couldn't walk well in that episode in season one was because of a fluctuation in the magnetic force, possibly due to the experiments that the others are still running. The others are so interested in children because they are using them in their experiments. Children's brains are still growing and expanding in knowledge until around age 18, thus making them perfect candidates for, for experiments. Mr. Echo's brother's plane crashed on this island because there is another island out there that the plane passed over. That island is Bouvet Island in the South Atlantic. Check out Wikipedia's listing for Bouvet Island for more details about it. My theory is that the plane passed over Bouvet Island on its way to South America to sell the drugs, and it got sucked into Bouvet Island's magnetic pool and somehow transported to the lost island where it crashed. I just can't explain how the plane got transported. Just my two cents. Thanks for the great podcast. Okay, as far as how he can't explain how the plane got transported, um, those are that's an <coughs> excuse me that's an interesting set of uh, theories, and and I can give you a couple things to 
to go uh, with on this. Uh, first of all, on, on the plane being transported, uh, you have the Philadelphia Experiment and the Montauk Project. And I definitely do not have time to go in and, and uh, share all the details of those with you here in this podcast. But I will put links to the Wikipedia articles on both of those. As far as the others are so interested in the children because of their experiment, using them in their experiments, still growing and expanding, well, I did my own little thing on the Walden 2 story of B.F. Skinner, which I'll put a link to. And then as far as the fluctuation in the magnetic force and why uh, Locke can now walk, uh, well, that would be the nanobet theory that uh, many people out there have. So uh, anyway, that... Those are good comments, and Chris, thank you very much for commenting on the blog. Hey, Stephanie, you want to read the one from James? Sure. Hey, Ravenscraft crew. Oh, no, wait a minute. Is he saying Ravenscraft crew and not addressing me or Ravenscraft crew because we're Ravenscraft.org? It's the Ravenscraft.org. Okay. Because this is a comment to the blog, by the way. All right. Just checking. James. (laughs) You all right? I'm good. Okay. You are Grace. just the next door neighbor. I know. <laughs> Kim's not returning her emails. You know, I just feel like an outcast lately. I, I don't understand. Am That's I how do- I feel because you get way more comments than I do. I know. Because you're not. Like- <laughs> Rachel gets all this fan mail and she comes up and she calls me and she says, Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I can't even go on now. <laughs> Give it a shot. Okay. I wanted to send in a comment on an episode from the current season called And Found, um, a Jen Sun-centric episode. In that episode, it shows how they hooked up. Sun was being pressured into finding a husband, and they find this guy who they think is the perfect match for her. <laughs> Sorry, close making fish faces to the baby. <laughs> However, in one of the last scenes, he tells her he has a secret. He has been seeing a woman in America, and he plans to meet and marry her there. This is very disappointing to Sun, seeing as their brief relationship looked promising. I also thought of the Jack-centric episode, The Hunting Party, when his wife was leaving Jack for someone else she was seeing. Perhaps it was the man who Sun was supposed to marry. My thoughts open to discussion. Um, I I think this is kind of a cool theory. I hadn't even I haven't realized this before until I heard this. But I think you know we always we always wonder, and I think we're gonna you know I heard that they were gonna say that find out who what really happened with Jack's wife and blah 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 and all that stuff. So maybe we really will find out that that's what it is. But that, you always kind of wonder. But I thought it was gonna be somebody we we knew better. Like yeah, maybe you know we we know of that guy from since sons. <laughs> Sins. From Sun Sins. Yet another religious theme. Why can't I hear myself anymore? I don't know. Clip's turning me off. Sun and Jen's flashbacks. We learn of that guy. But they said it's going to be someone we know. Yeah. Didn't they? I haven't seen that one. I, I, we theorized about the fact that it might be somebody. We, we just... Right. That was one of my things. I think I remember saying that. It's like, I think it's going to be somebody that we know. Oh. So. Okay. I thought... I, I, I know that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that I heard that, not just from the three of us, that, that it will be someone we know. 
So yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, a theory that it might be somebody that Sun knows. Uh, let's see here, Stephanie, will you read Meg B's comment? Hi, my name is Meg, and I'm a fairly new Lost fan. One of my really good friends moved to Oahu this past summer and became completely obsessed with Lost. Praise Might as well face it, she's addicted to Lost. <laughs> Apparently, everyone there watches the show. And encouraged me to rent the first season DVDs. She thought that was funny, Daddy. <laughs> I watched the first episode, and I was hooked, as many of us were. I managed to get through the entire first season and catch up on the second season in about a month and a half. And I can honestly say now, I'm a rabid Lost fan. We call it Lostaholic. Anyway, I just found your podcast the other day, and I just wanted to thank you guys for doing such a great job. You brought up a lot of theories that I hadn't heard before, and I found your comments on the religious religious aspects of the last episode particularly interesting. I'm definitely going to continue to listen. Thank you. And thanks so much. Thanks. So thanks again and keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Meg. Thank you very much, Meg. We're glad to have you as a listener. Mm All right, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and read what Dina wrote? Okay. Um, Dina says, Hi, Cliff, Stephanie, and Rachel. Having so much fun listening to your podcast. Thought I'd send along a donation for a head mic to help the ladies out. Keep up the great work. That is awesome. I didn't know that. Yes, she did. In fact, she sent a very generous donation. And uh, cool. we we have enough money to purchase one of the head mics. She did tell me that I can go ahead and use that towards the mixer because we need the mixer with more inputs so that we can plug mics into. Right now we're limited to just two mics. So um, she, she did send in that donation. And we Dina, we thank you very much for that. Okay. Then she continues, I'm continuously amazed at the details Losties find each episode. My husband can't understand why I watch the episodes so many times. Okay, I'm sorry. And also go back to the reference, also go back to reference other episodes. Love my video iPod. <laughs> she wants her own podcast. <laughs> she needs one. It's, it's Lost with Baby Jane. <laughs> Okay, try it again, Rachel. The clues that come across on your podcast and online cause me to go back back time and time again to check them out. It's funny how many I missed the first time I watched the show. (laughs) (laughs) You missed them? Come on. (laughs) Where's that passy at? Here, baby. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I can't remember whether it was Stephanie or Rachel that felt Charlie was being given the bums rush by the rest of the survivors in the la- in the last new episode, but I am 100% in agreement. There are several of us at work that talk every every Thursday morning about the episode, and our conversations last Thursday were robust, to say the least. Everyone else, except me, thought Charlie deserved what he got, and Locke's reaction was perfectly normal. Other than totally terrifying me as to the collective scary- scariness of that... <laughs> Of that opinion. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Go to mama. Other than totally terrifying me as to the collective scariness of that opinion, I couldn't understand why none of my other co co my other workmates saw really how much Locke had changed. Just this fact Just this fact alone. <laughs> it made McKenna mad too. Yeah. Just this fact alone bums me out. Locke was my favorite character while really liked Terry O'Quinn, the totally hunky old dude. 
I am also in agreement that Locke is a follower somehow of the others. He is a master manipulator, just like the guy who Anna Lucia killed. I can't remember his name offhand. And even Libby. Yep, I think Libby is an other, too. She looked too bedraggled from the very beginning for me to think she showed up at the same time as the rest of the TLEs. Libby obviously has her own way to manipulate situations. I think Locke uses his tripping pace to, to cause hallucinations. His tripping pace, I like that. Yeah. yeah. To cause hallucinations and then uses those hallucinations and manipulation of the situation to divide people who together are stronger. Just like in the wild, the predators separate the herd. Oh, separate. Just like in the wild, the predators separate the herd and then hunt down the weakest in the bunch. I think that is what Locke is doing, but I can't figure out why the rest of the other survivors turn their backs on Charlie so easily. For crying out loud, Kate is a murderer. And they all know it, but they're not cutting Charlie any slack about being a druggie. Anna Lucia killed Shannon, but they've started to forgive her and not completely ostracize her from the, from the camp. Can you tell I'm pretty mad at them for picking on Charlie? Keep up the great podcast. Well, you know, Dina, I think I would have completely agreed with you with everything you said, especially about using the tripping phrase to manipulate people and and this whole idea that that he is he's he's trying to you know uh, how to he's like trying to separate the herd and hunt down the weakest. I would have, went, matter of fact, when I read this comment before last night's episode, I'm like, I'm right there with Dina. And I wonder if Dina's thought has changed, because obviously that has been the discussion that's gone on on the fuselage after the last episode. And so what happened is they actually went through and uh, they made a point to talk about how sensitive Locke is in this episode. They They... You know, he, he obviously went back to his normal, calm self. And I'm wondering if they weren't just trying to play it off as Locke really wasn't being all that evil. Except for, we really did see that that, that panned shot of him going around. Or yeah. of the camera going around him where he, he like just looked like... he's really up to something. Yeah. He is. So, I, I'm not sure. I'm torn. I, I still like Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that he says, you know, we, we've always called him a man of faith, but... Um, and, and stuff like that, but he's more... I'm superstitious. Superstitious than anything, so... Um, that's what I think. I, I agree with you, Dina, though. I, I was yeah. I was mad at them for picking on Charlie, too. Especially, you make yeah. very valid points when you say that Kate, you know, Kate's a murderer, Sawyer's a con artist, <laughs> you know... Sayed's mur- a torturer. Yeah, Sayed's a torturer, and, and they're so quick, Anna too. Lucia is sitting there shooting she, people. She, she just shot Shannon a couple days ago. Okay, while Stephanie takes McKenna to, uh, back up to bed, uh, we will read Faith's comment. Uh, Rachel, you want to go ahead and read that? Okay, Faith says, I just wanted to let you know that you guys are great. On the most recent podcast, she read a letter from Anita, and I'm the co-worker she was referring to. I'm a bit obsessed with loss, and I always need a podcast to feed the need. And in Ryan and Jen's absence, you have given the little lost conglomerate. We have, we have at work more to talk about on Thursdays, and usually Fridays, too. Well, we do want to give a special shout-out to Faith and Anita at the Bookman Company in Orange, California, with their lost conglomerate. So, uh, in fact, Anita wrote in, uh, actually commented on the blog right after her, and she wrote this. Go ahead. On last night's episode, Hurley stated that the radio transmission could be coming from any time. Could this be a shout-out to us Lost fans and our theories? I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think this is Clue. No, I am not clinging to time travel theory that has been busted by the creators of Lost. I think something on the island, maybe something related to the electric magnets, traps transmissions from the past, starting with those from the time period that research beyond the island, 
which may have been in the late 1940s since Hanser started his foundation following World War II, and Zeke, or Mr. Friendly's, gun dates back to World War II. Thanks for listening to my theory. Feel free to disprove it <laughs> using details I probably missed since I'm not very observant. Hey, I'm with you. It's an interesting here. theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I think that's cool. I think the whole trap, the thing with the elect- electromagnetics, I think that's, that's a neat theory. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's kind of like the, uh, what was that movie called? I think it was Frequency. Maybe it was. So, but anyway, he had to try to talk his dad into uh, how not to die and, and stuff like that, and he was able to talk to him in the via ham radio as through but yeah you know i personally i think that it was just a it was just a shout out to the fans out there and their theories and and yet just again i i believe it was the whole idea is to um just say hey no absolutely not this is not a time thing all right hopefully i can not mess this up okay thanks for the sweet podcast I love the family room feel of it. The intro exit music and voiceover are phenomenal, by the way. Oh, and Steph, when Cliff suggested that you double rems pay, wouldn't that be two times zero equals zero, not zero times zero equals zero? Joke. I enjoy you guys. On to actual comments on the long con. Before you go on to the actual comments, in Stephanie's defense... We're not perfect. Okay. It will be interesting to see how the entire power structure within Losties changes now that Sawyer has the conch. I mean the guns. Jack has always, Jack was always the reluctant leader until something didn't go his way, where he would promptly impose his will upon whoever disagreed, and Locke was respected and trusted by nearly everyone, even with the whole lying about Boone's death issue. Now, neither of them have any leverage over Sawyer. What do you think Sawyer's true intentions are? Do you think Anna Lucia will try to build some rapport with Sawyer to get closer to the arsenal? Okay, done rambling. Okay. Yeah, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen there, and and I think only time will tell. But uh, I don't think she. I don't think that she's this bloodthirsty. I want to shoot you in the back person as everyone makes her out to be. No, because Jack was the one that was one to start the Wait, army, not her. Now everyone makes her out to be. Excuse me, it was the writers of the show. So uh, one of the things that I want to tell you guys about before uh, we go into a brand new uh, spoiler segment on our show, um, uh, we do have a weekly listener poll that I'm going to be putting into our uh, show notes, and sometimes we'll have more than one question. In fact, this week, um, I'm going to be asking everyone to go to our website at ravenscraft.org and uh, fill out uh, your answers to these two questions. Do you think Libby is another? And then the other uh, question that we have is, do you believe the Owl Creek theory, that that these folks are just um, dreaming right before they die? So go to our website and let us know what you think. Um, And also, while you're there, you wouldn't mind doing us a huge favor and fill out our listener survey. This would help us out tremendously. Uh, and only will take uh, no more than three minutes of your time, if that. So when you go to the website, just click on fill out our listener survey or audience survey. And uh, again, your your help on that would be much appreciated. I think we got a little thing here from Rem. Let's check in with Rem and see how he's doing. Well, greetings, Stephanie, 
Rachel and Cliff. It's Rem here. And, uh, well, after being kidnapped by the others, I'm the newest button-pushing hatch monkey at Swan Station 6. I've got about eight minutes before I need to punch the numbers in again, so that gives me a few minutes to briefly recap the official Lost podcast this past week with Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. You can hear the full show at the ABC website, and you'll find the direct link in the Generally Speaking show notes. This... By the way, this is your official spoiler warning. Uh, from this point forward until the end of the show is lots of spoiler information. Week starts a two-part interview with Evangeline Lilly, who plays Kate, and one of the big questions everyone wants answered is, who's she going to pick? Jack or Sawyer? I think if you expect Kate to make a definitive decision this season, you're uh, wishing for something that may not come about. In our last episode, Fire Plus Water, we see a really different side of Locke. People wonder, is he turning to the dark side? Is he planning to join the others? Is he having a bad hair day? Well, Carlton Cuse has a different idea. Well, I think that, you know, Locke is experiencing a certain amount of frustration in his existence, being down in the hatch and pushing those buttons and not feeling that the island is giving him maybe enough of a sign in terms of what uh, what he needs to do. And, and, and he has sort of become the prisoner of the thing that he thought was going to liberate him. And what about this growing connection between Claire and Locke? There is a developing interest with Claire, and I think that he, uh, he is feeling very protective of the baby and Claire, and maybe it is uh, maybe there's something important to to learn in the fact that Locke is seem to be capable of of violence. Last week we heard of an Easter egg that appeared in the London skyline across the Thames River, and a reference to a famous album cover. Those of you who are you know avid Pink Floyd fans might recognize that building across the other side of the Thames River. There, there is supposed to be a little sign there on the back of the building which says Widmore Construction on it. Yeah, that would be W I D M O R E. I would write it down for those of you who are assembling clues. You'll, you'll hear more about Widmore uh, in the future. Widmore Construction. Keep that one in mind, because it will be coming up in the future. And from the hunting party episode, when Stephanie's father says, <laughs> Oh, um, pardon me, when um, Mr. Friendly, our favorite sea billy, says, Bring her out, Alex! It looks like it may very well have been a reference to Danielle's daughter, Alex, who was taken by the others 16 years ago. It wouldn't be wrong to assume that if uh, Mr. Friendly is shouting Alex, that that would not be unrelated. I think that means yes. And a lingering question was answered about Randy, Hurley's <coughs> boss at the chicken shack, and also Locke's boss at the box company. Apparently that was set in place by Hurley winning the lottery with the cursed numbers and subsequently bringing doom to everyone around him. He felt bad about Randy, um, you know, the, about the fact that his bad luck caused the chicken shack to get destroyed by the meteor, so he um, gave uh, Randy a job working at this box company he owned in Tustin. Well, that's right. We mentioned that, that Hurley actually was the owner of the box company in Tustin, and Locke mentioned that he worked at a box company in Tustin, so it's almost as if it all fits together. And that's a wrap from the Hatch Monkey. You can hear the official Lost <laughs> podcast in its entirety at the ABC website, and you can get the link from the Generally Speaking show notes at www.ravenscraft.org. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to open up a cool and refreshing Darmacola, kick back with a movie, found this one on the bookshelf, and, uh, oh, it's an old one. Man, who came up with the music? Uh, not very well produced. Man, I haven't heard a soundtrack that bad since the Terminator. Ooh. I'll tell you what, Rem's comments are probably... <laughs> <He's great. laughs> 
<laughs> the, he, these are probably going to be my favorite segment of the You'd show. You think he is a professional or something? Yeah, what an what an awesome segment, and, and I'm just so thankful that we have talent like that in our mm-hmm. listeners who who contribute to our show in this way. Speaking of listeners contributing, I do have some lost news coming from Dr. Bruder in Chicago. Dr. B. This is Dr. Bruder live on location of the site of Super Bowl XL. Detroit, Michigan, and I am here to give you Lost in the News. Let's begin by looking at the ratings for last week's episode of Lost. It was the season one replay of the episode Numbers. Even with the year-old episode, Lost can still win its time slot. It was watched by 11 million viewers. But that was not enough to crack the weekly top 20. This was down from the 19 million who tuned in the week before for the new episode Fire and Water. Again, last week, it could not win the night as it was slaughtered by Fox's Wednesday night juggernaut of American Idol. ABC is shaking up the rest of its Wednesday schedule. Come March, Drama Invasion will sit out for six weeks to make room for Lost's new partner, The Evidence. Two weeks, two awards. Lost won the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Drama Series this week. It was just last week that Lost won the Screen Actors Guild for an ensemble cast in a dramatic TV series. Lost has already claimed the Best Drama Series Emmy in September and Golden Globe in January, thus sweeping the competition in the key Big Four events for dramatic series. They may be dead on Lost, but they're not forgotten in real life. Maggie Grace and Ian Somerhalt joined the remaining living cast on stage at the Screen Actors Guild Awards to accept their ensemble award. Quote, It's acted by a group of very talented actors, and no one really stands above anyone else, said Dominic Monaghan. It's a diverse cast, too, said Naveen Andrews. I think we're sort of pushing the envelope in a way. You won't see this kind of ensemble anywhere else. It's highly unusual, and if people can learn from that, that would be good. Terry O'Quinn stated, I'd like to say that this is the saddest collection of climbing, grasping, paranoid, backstabbing, scene-grabbing losers and schmoozers that you have ever saw on stage in your life. But we love each other very much. He went on to thank ABC and Touchstone TV for, quote, showing our stuff to the world and paying us so well to do it. Mr. Echo reaches the pinnacle. Adewale, a practicing Buddhist, delivered the traditional daily prayer before the State Senate of Hawaii last week. Guess what AAA read? That's right, the 23rd Psalm. And this time, he redeemed himself by saying it right. AAA was invited to deliver the invocation by Senator Fred Hemings, a Republican, after the senator saw the episode, the 23rd Psalm. Even with all the awards Lost has been winning, AAA called his appearance before the Hawaiian legislator, quote, the pinnacle of his career. This, to me, is the greatest award because it's based upon my faith, Adewale said. This has been Dr. Bruder with Lost in the News. Back to all of you in the studio. Well, thank you, Dr. Bruder, for our news segment of the week. And uh, just want to let you guys know uh, what's coming up next week, and and then we'll close things out. Uh, Next week, we have a special episode called One of Them. 
Uh, this is where Russo is going to lead Saeed out to a, uh, a mysterious captive in the jungle. He becomes determined to find out if he is one of the others. Meanwhile, Sawyer discovers Hurley's potential devastating... Br- Wait a second. There's there's a, there's something coming in. This is Dr. Bruder interrupting this edition of Generally Speaking to file this special report. Michelle Rodriguez is done. Due to constant diva-like behavior, Us Weekly claims the producers of Lost are killing off Michelle Rodriguez's character, Anna Lucia, as soon as they have the opportunity. Rodriguez is also facing legal trouble and is due in Honolulu court next month on suspicion of drunk driving on December 1st, her second such arrest in the last two years. The producers are fed up with the fact that she barely shows up on set and is always in a bad mood. Us Weekly quoted an insider as saying, They say she was getting killed off as soon as they could write it in. This has been Dr. Bruder with a special report. Now back to Generally Speaking. Well, thank you again, uh, Dr. Bruder, for that special breaking news. However, uh, I hate to break it to you that uh, I we all saw that article online, and I'll put a link to that up there in our news section on on the show notes. However, I do have a little clip or a little piece here from Ask Osiello, uh which is the TV Guide guy, and uh, somebody asked him. He says they said, "Come on, Mike, tell us are the rumors in U.S. Weekly true? Is Michelle Rodriguez a problem child on the set of Lost?" Are they plotting her demise? You're the man. Give us the scoop. And Osiello responded. How about we ask executive producer Damon Lindelof? Quote, quote, it's all huff and puff and speculation, he tells me. Not a word of it's true. He goes on to say that if he were going to whack Anna Lucia, and that's a big were, it wouldn't be because of Rodriguez's behavior. Lost story is the star, and no actor would ever be killed off for any reason other than supporting the story. Interpret as you like. Thank you very much, Mike, and uh, for giving us that um, clarification. And one last bit of news before we sign off, and that is uh, something I found on the fuselage uh, for um, Jorge Garcia. He, he actually responds to lots of email. So they asked, somebody asked him, what do you think of the character Hurley? Seriously, you know the character better than anyone. What do you think of Hurley? Is he really as sweet a person as he seems? Would you hang out with him? Personally, he's one of my favorite characters. He seems to be one of the more genuine people on the island. Kit. I dig him. <laughs> and then and and Jorge Garcia responds, I dig him, but he's still got some surprises. Now He which, keeps it short and sweet, which I like. I know. The, and, and it sounds like Hurley is answering the question. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're so... Like, I dig him. Dude. Dude, I dig him. So, anyway, um, does that mean that... It's always the more genuine people that have the most surprises, Mm -hmm. I think. Right. It's always the sweetest people who have more things to hide. Like Sun? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot of characters we fall in love with on this island, and the writers of the show really like to do, uh, give us these... Moments and just change everything. Well, anyway, we're going to get out of here. We've spent too much time talking, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Generally Speaking, a podcast production of Ravenscraft.org. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Send us an email to podcast at ravenscraft.org. Better yet, call our listener comment line at area code 413 413- 413 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413- 413-
521-0958. After you hear this greeting, Thank you for calling. To leave a message, please press 1. Leave your comments and questions, and please start with your name and where you're calling from. On behalf of the Generally Speaking team, I'm Chris Gilmore. Thanks for listening.